Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's FizzCast. As always, Ian Unsworth and John Eads right here for you on the, the Fizz Radio airwaves. We're available on every platform where you get your podcast: Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music. So if you're listening to this right now on SoundCloud, just know in the future we're available on your favorite uh, platform. And we're back this week with two huge road games for Syracuse. We're going to be previewing them for you. The Cues go on the road to play UNC, and then the Orange go on the road to play Pitt in a rematch. Second game uh, against Pitt in 10 days. And Ian, this is a huge week for the Orange, coming off a big win over Georgetown, 74-69. And what are your closing thoughts on that game? Because we're supposed to have Fizz Finals on here, which are instant reactions to the games. Whoever's covering it would you know, have them on there, but we didn't really have that. So any last words to kind of tie the bow on that win? Well, it's time for Syracuse to get their swagger back. And in Syracuse, I mean Joe Girard and Buddy Beheim. Beheim at 21, Girard at 18, and those guys hit big threes, it seemed like, all game, especially Beheim down the stretch in the second half. So that should be the jumping-off point. We thought BC might have been the game where Girard and Beheim really got their stuff together, but wasn't the case. So this Georgetown game, which was tougher it was harder fought down the stretch. Hoyas played chippy. They played tough. They played physical. And Syracuse did all the right things to rebound from that pit loss. So it's time for Ger- Gerard and Bayheim to pick it up. Georgetown better be that jumping off point. We got to see if they can play that well consistently. And, you know, the consistency part could start tonight against North Carolina. Unlike that pit game, which the Orange lost 63-60, which, you know, we'll touch on pit more in a little bit. The Orange made the plays down the stretch to win that Georgetown game, and they come into this game against Carolina. Now 7-2, and 1-1 uh, one in conference play, UNC 7-4, and 2-2 two and two in conference play. And if you look at the Ken Palm rankings, usually one of these two teams is ranked when they play, but that's not the case this year. The Orange number 39 in Ken Palm's overall ranking, and Carolina number 30. Game, of course, played at the Dean E. Smith Center tonight at 9 o'clock. You guys know the deal. It's available on ACC Network. And Ian... Uh, the Tar Heels are actually a favorite to win this game, but we were talking before, and I think this is Syracuse's best chance to get a win on the road, a place, the Dean E. Smith Center, where Syracuse has actually never won. The Dean Dome has not been kind to the Orange in the past. UNC is a three-and-a-half-point favorite if we're looking at Vegas here, but I'm, w- I'm with you, John. Syracuse certainly has a chance. The key for the Orange is going to be inside. We'll get to that in a second. But UNC has played some tough competition this year, and it's it's gone. It hasn't gone that well for Roy Williams' squad. They lost to Stanford. Don't sleep on Stanford this year. They're really good. Zaire Williams out there is probably one of the top ten players in the country. Uh, they lost 67-63. Lost to Texas, who's now a top five team, and they also lost to Iowa, who's all who was also a top five team. And Iowa can score in buckets. But I liked what I saw from UNC in that Iowa game. They really hung with them. And their whole team, especially the young guys, played with poise. That's going to be the key for UNC tonight. It's turning the ball over, which really hurt them last year against Syracuse. 27 points for the Orange off 18 North Carolina turnovers in 2019. John, you said this might be Syracuse's best chance to get a win on the road. I'd agree. Last year was certainly Syracuse's best chance to beat UNC in general because just of how weak that Carolina team was. 
We saw it in the ACC tournament. Syracuse absolutely dominated the Tar Heels. Uh, the Tar Heels, of course, still coached by Roy Williams, 18th season, three-time national champ. And like Ian said, they got to play poise tonight, but... Like I'm saying here, they have the coaching to get it done. Uh, he's played in these big games before. He's won a ton of a, a ton of games, and I'm sure he'll be ready. He'll have his team ready for the Orange tonight. And Ian, this is actually uh, UNC's thousandth overall ACC regular season game. So wouldn't it be pretty fitting here if Syracuse can spoil that milestone with a win? One of the newcomers to the ACC, actually, the Orange. That would be that would be interesting. Don't think it has much bearing on the overall game. However, just just another number in a, a book of many for Roy Williams. Speaking of numbers, UNC is a pretty young team. We've touched on it already. They're 329th out of 342 in experience in the nation. Six of 10 rotation players are freshmen. And we're going to keep coming back to this throughout the cast. The young guys in this UNC team might struggle against the zone. The young guys on this UNC team might clank a couple shots from outside. This is a high-pressure matchup. UNC's played in a couple of those, but conference play is different. It's just a different beast, and they lost to Georgia Tech. It, it, they just looked out of sync. They lost to North Carolina State in the first half, looked out of sync. Conference play can really throw freshmen for a loop, and I think Syracuse will look to do that again with the zone, maybe a little pressure, just just different things to get in the heads of these North Carolina freshmen. And it's been up and down for the young guys, and for the Tar Heels, you know, as a squad, of course, I said they're 2-2 two and two in conference play. They've won two in a row, but they both came down to the wire, down to the last 10 seconds where a North Carolina player had to make a shot to win the game, a 66-65 win versus Notre Dame, and then a 67-65 comeback win on the road in Miami. So as much as we say this team is young and they haven't played in the high-pressure games, they've been able to get the job done at least recently. And actually, that's the, the last two games there. That was the first time in the Roy Williams era where the Tar Heels have played four consecutive games decided by five or fewer points. So certainly some new um, new, uh, new, new themes, new storylines that Roy Williams hasn't had to deal with. But one that continues, Ian, let's get into the players here. Caleb Love, he steps in for Cole Anthony, you know, another five-star in, another one out. Uh, eighth true freshman point guard to start for Roy Williams in his 18 years. And he, of course, a five-star number two point guard in the country. And he's come in and he's really taken this team uh, by storm. The North Carolina Tar Heels are going to go as far as Caleb Love will take them at the end of the day because he runs the offense, he does pretty much everything for them. Four assists, averaging on the year 10 points, a uh, couple of rebounds as well. But the thing with Love is his three-point shot has been really suspect. Only 18% from behind the arc. Last year, Cole Anthony made the difference in UNC's thrashing of the orange in the dome because he pulled up multiple times from 27, 28 feet, and canned them. Joe Girard just couldn't get out and contest. Buddy Bayheim could not get out and contest. Anthony pulled up with no regards and just sunk them. So it's a different UNC point guard this year. Caleb Love is more adept in the pick and roll. He's a really good passer. He had one really nice left hand, like backspin pass on the pick and roll against Iowa. But the zone is the zone does not allow for pick and roll play. Love's going to have to distribute, or he's going to have to get his points off of driving and getting through the middle of the zone and to the rim. It won't be, uh, you know, sort of space it out, isolation offense for UNC. 
And as a team, not just Caleb Love, as a team, Carolina does not shoot the ball well. They're 286th in the country in field goal percentage. This is really like an old-school squad. They got Armando Baycott, who we'll talk about, and Garrison Brooks, another guy who had a huge day against Syracuse in the Dome last year, 26-14. and 14. They just play old-school. They put up the shots. They go hard in the paint for the rebounds offensively and defensively. In fact, their turnover margin is the best in the country. They get more offensive rebounds than anybody in the country. It's just bully ball. They shoot the ball, they get the rebounds, they go hard for them, and they get second chance points. And, you know, as, as bad as they shoot the ball, the ball has to be rebounded by somebody. And more oftentimes than not, it's Carolina getting it and getting those second opportunities. And that's the big worry for the Orange. The offensive rebounding in the second half down the stretch against Pitt absolutely killed them. And we said this before, Pitt had two true big guys. One of them was out with contact tracing, per, like for contact tracing purposes. UNC has four big guys that they will run out there, and they are all 6'11", and they are all absolute beasts on the boards. They play super hard. Baycott, who is the team's leading scorer, although he's not very skilled scoring-wise, he just works his butt off. Brooks, we've seen we've seen Garrison Brooks for a while now in the ACC. He's got his turnaround jumper. He works in the post. He's got a really nice touch around the rim. The two new guys, though, to keep an eye out for it, this guy's my Dayron Sharp is the newest freshman center on this UNC team, averaging eight and a half rebounds per game, third in the ACC, twelve and a half points, ten boards in ACC play. This dude's an absolute beast. He's 6'11", he's got an NBA body already, and down the stretch against Iowa, guarding Luca Garza, who is the Naismith Player of the Year, uh, you can, he's pretty much got it sealed up already, John. I don't, I don't want to really overstep myself, but I'd say he's got it sealed up already. Uh, Dayron Sharp was guarding him, he was posting him up, and he was, he was winning the physical, the physical matchup there. This is the guy. For UNC down the stretch. It's not Armando Baycott. It's not Garrison Brooks. It is Dayron Sharp. He is their guy. Uh, one more one more big man, Walker Kessler, another freshman. He's a bit more of an inside-out center and doesn't play as much. But still, against Syracuse, I think Roy Williams will be smart to throw out as many big bodies as possible. Because if you get Marek Dolajai in foul trouble, this, this might be a Jesse Edwards game. This might be a Bolajac game. And for Syracuse, that's really bad news. And it really hasn't happened this year, that being Dolajai being in foul trouble. You know, Garrier was against Pitt, and he's kind of struggled with it recently, but the onus is going to fall on the big man, you know, Garrier Sidibe, if he plays. That's, that's one way you fat, can offset. Fat, fat, fat if, John. Yes, need that. Uh, Beheim said he practiced in every game leading up to the Georgetown uh, contest, but didn't go for whatever reason, so maybe a couple extra days of recovery and practice helped. Syracuse really needs him to play because there's a huge ask tonight to cover Dayron Sharp, who, like Ian said, has played against some of the best centers in the country already. And I'm sorry, but Quincy Garrier, Marek Dolajai, Brahma Sidibe are no Luka Garzas. Absolutely not. Two other guys to keep an eye out for, R.J. Davis, another freshman guard. They start both freshmen in the backcourt. Uh, Davis actually was a teammate of Alan Griffins at Archbishop Stefanak High School in New York. Uh, so these dudes know each other very well. I would expect Davis to probably get shut down by the Syracuse Orange, just having that prior knowledge. He's a good player. He can really create with the ball, but he's, he's more of their secondary option. Love will see the ball more. And Leaky Black, uh, his real name's Rayshon, but it picked up the nickname Leaky and it's stuck. Uh, he's real on and off. 
for Carolina. There are some games where he doesn't get the ball that much, if we're being completely honest. The big men are the first option, the guards are the second, and Black's there. He's their starting forward. He's a great defender, but, you know, he, he doesn't see the ball that much, and for pretty good reason. He's either going to score 15, and get all the key buckets, light the, like, just pretty much he'll be the thorn in the side for Syracuse that they can't stop, or he's going to miss a lot and his, he'll take some bad shots, like long mid-range twos, wild drives to the hoop, and it'll be a momentum swing for Syracuse, because UNC is perfectly capable of getting good shots if they get a big in the middle of the zone, if they start hitting their threes. However, if it falls apart, either because of a lack of leadership from the guard spots, or they turn the ball over too much, if, if there's some sort of flaw in the UNC system, Syracuse will certainly take advantage of it because transition has proven to have been the Orange's game and UNC, as you said earlier, John, turns the ball over a lot. So that's my key for the Orange to win this one. Get out in transition, hit some early threes, and really put the pressure on North Carolina to score with them. And one last thing I want to say about Leaky Black. You touched on basically everything. I'm calling him the X Factor. You know, a lot of a lot of games, a lot of telecasts like to have an X-Factor for the game, you know, just like the Chick-fil-A impact players. He's the X-Factor. In Carolina's seven wins, he's averaged 7.4 points per game. And in the losses, not even close to being in the top five. It's just the weirdest thing. Guys like Armando Baycott score 11 a night regardless. But Leaky Black, in the wins, he's played better and he's scored more than when they've lost, you know. So that's a guy to keep out for keep an eye out for he scored 16 in their last game against Miami in that comeback win really sparked things for him so we'll see if he's able to keep that momentum going against the Orange tonight and like Ian said about finding a way to beat Carolina I think the DNA was really provided last year the Orange which we mentioned at the top of the broadcast 27 points off 18 North Carolina turnovers and 15 to 2 advantage in fast break so the way to beat Carolina force turnovers which well they're very turnover prone regardless so that's gonna you know it's gonna figure itself out you uh you figure, um, and get out in fast break and score buckets. Those are the two things, like Ian said, that the Orange need to do. So to close it off here, uh, North Carolina turns to things. Ian, I got to ask, will Syracuse get their first win ever on the road in the Dean Dome? I have no clue. This is a game going in where I have no clue who's going to win. I think this is going to be one of the best Syracuse games of the 2020-2021 season, and I think it's going to be one of the closest games of the season. I think it's going to be a 72-70 score. Who wins? I could not tell you. Once again, uh, Carolina favored by three and a half. This is the 19th all-time meeting. I figured there'd be more. I was kind of shocked when I figured that out. UNC leads the uh, series 13-5 to and of course 4-0 at home. And as for me, I, I really have a good feeling about this game. I think this is the best chance for Bayheim and the Orange to get a win. I think this is the weakest Carolina team well, minus last year without uh, when they didn't have Cole Anthony. I think this is the weakest they'll be for the foreseeable future until Williams leaves. So I really think Syracuse is going to pull this one out. Obviously, super close, though. But let's shift our focus to Pitt now. So Syracuse 7-2, 1-1 today. We'll see what they are going into that one. That game noon on the 16th, which is Saturday, I believe. Yes, sir. Yes, Saturday. sir. Saturday. Okay. So like we said before, second meeting in 10 days. And Wow, we were watching that Pitt game, little mid-afternoon snoozer. We thought the Orange had it all but locked up, but no. Pitt goes on a 19-5 run to close the game and steal one in the Dome, and I'm still shocked that the Orange lost that game, Ian. It was just the rebounding and the shot selection. The defensive rebounding 
well, for Syracuse, not rebounding the ball on defense killed them on the offensive end of the floor. When you don't rebound, you are forced to play an extra at least 20 seconds of defense, right? So Syracuse was on defense for 45 seconds, a minute at a time. And there is so much focus that goes into playing the zone, all the communication. You're constantly waving your arms around, bouncing up and down, you know, turning your head. Who's in my area? There's so much focus and concentration that goes into the zone that once you get on offense, you're, you're, you're kind of gassed. Players are always told, take a rest on offense. Rest on offense. You know, someone else can handle the ball, do the work, but you take a breather on offense. Don't fall asleep on defense. Syracuse down the stretch couldn't rest on offense because they were busting their butts on defense. The resting thing on offense just led to bad shots. It was early threes, trying to get a bailout. Syracuse was asking for, like, just praying for a bailout. Those Allen Griffin threes where he made one and missed one on the left wing, bailout shots. Early threes from Gerard, bailout shots. And they didn't go in. They did not go in. Syracuse failed to put together any sort of competent offense down the stretch and failed to rebound on defense. And, you know, the game-winning bucket for Pitt was an offensive rebound tipping. Yep, and that certainly bodes well tonight when Syracuse plays North Carolina. But no, I mean, when you and I were watching that Georgetown game and Syracuse had the lead, you know, and then it was starting to, you know, dwindle at the start of the second half, we were texting each other up, here we go again, just like the Pitt game. There's no movement in the half court. You know, we don't see that intensity where, hey, we have the lead. It's a rivalry game. By the way, Pitt's a rivalry game too. So, you know, we just didn't see that. Luckily, though, Syracuse is able to make the one play. The Robert Braswell block led to a Buddy Bayheim three on the other end. We didn't see that in the pit game. And the Panthers just took the momentum, snatched it, had it for the rest of the game, and they walked out, out of there with the win. And I hope they Syracuse better, you know, remember that, remember that feeling when they walk into this game against the Panthers because, uh, you know, Coach B is not happy about that loss. Well, here's the thing. Pitt, pit isn't changing. It's the same exact team. They're probably going to get John Hewley back uh, after the contact tracing, but it's the same team. There's still no Justin Champagny, all right? That's, there's no extra boost for the Panthers. It's the same exact team. And in the first half, which is where you see, hey, is our scouting working? Did our game plan from you know all of the preparation time we put in paid off? It, it absolutely did. And remember last year, Syracuse went to Pittsburgh and ran the Panthers out of their gym. However, that was because Barama Sidibe played the game of his life. And there's still no Sidibe. However, I would expect Syracuse to keep Audis Tony out of the middle of the zone, and I would expect Quincy Garrier to get more looks than just two and play more minutes than 17. So I think if, if Quincy Garrier plays at least 30 minutes, Syracuse wins this game. And it should be by at least 10 points. Because this winning the UNC game will quiet some doubters, but crushing Pitt will quiet a lot of doubters and make everybody feel better. It's not, yeah, it, it, the big thing there is feel better because the way they lost that first game was just so upsetting. You, you almost need to come back and win by double digits. I mean, a, a win is a win, yes, but you have to show the nation and your fans that you actually were the better team on that day, which they were. They were leading uh, by a big margin at halftime, and then, like we said, just hit the snooze button, went into cruise control. But you need to come back, have a dominant performance. Hopefully, a win against UNC can continue that momentum. The big thing, though, 
is we need, like we said at the top, we got to see the consistency from Gerard and Beheim because Gerard had eight or nine points in that game against Pitt, and Beheim was pretty much non-existent as well. So those two definitely need to step up. Syracuse needs to spread the ball around. We saw, too, like we've been saying, too much iso ball on that side. The Orange just looked cohesive in that game against Georgetown. Beheim was doing more than just shooting threes. He was getting in the lane, hitting the mid-range, getting to the rack, and that's what Syracuse needs more of is a dribble drive. Yeah, I think it's two out of three for Syracuse at all times. It has to be two out of Griffin, Gerard, and Beheim. Against Georgetown, it was Gerard and Beheim. Against Pitt, it was only Griffin. You need two out of the three to hit because one of them is going to give you double digits every single game, but you need two to get you over the hump. Also, one more thing against Pitt. They left Kadari Richmond wide open from behind the arc pretty much the whole game, and he only he was 0 for 4. So that adjustment needs to be made. Beheim's given the freshman a lot of freedom, understandably, because he's come in the games and looked really good. But that change needs to be made, and he played a lot less against Georgetown, probably because Joe was cooking. So if if Gerard struggles and it's Beheim and Griffin that are really on against UNC or Pitt, I would expect Richmond to come in, but his leash will be a lot shorter, and Beheim's going to tell him, hey, you get to the basket or you pass the ball. Yeah, don't shoot it. And he said in that post-game presser after Pitt that, yes, they were leaving him wide open. He recognized that. And then eventually he figured out, hey, I'm going to stop shooting these threes. I'm going to you know, use my talents to get to the to the backboard, dribble inside, find other ways to score, which he did figure out. Of course, he's still a freshman. He's still learning. So hopefully he learned a lot from that game and has learned a lot since then because I'm sure teams saw that on film and have said, hey, that's the scouting report on this guy. He can't really shoot the ball. So uh, certainly all hands on deck, though, when the Orange play Pitt. The Syracuse actually... Well, FPI, which, you know, we don't really like the FPI, but 61% uh, chance they win that game, apparently, according to them. I'd probably have Syracuse favored to win this game. Of course, they had that great success last year. And like we said, I think uh, I think 2-0 this week is not out of reach. Obviously, we said that last week, and it was it, we said 2-0 and or it's a disappointment, and it was a disappointment. But this week, 2-0, and I think, definitely got to go 1-1, but 2-0, and I think, is, uh, is gravy. Yeah, I, I would say one and one, just because, uh, like I said earlier, I have no clue what happens with UNC, and since it is in North Carolina, that's, you know the doubts creep in just a little bit, but if you're a betting man, I would take the Syracuse spread against Pitt, because it's probably going to be really close, and it shouldn't be that close, because as we've said over and over and over again, Syracuse was the better team for the first half, and they should be the better team for the full 40 minutes on Saturday. So I'm taking, I'm going to say one and one on the week, but I would say an emphatic blowout in Pittsburgh. So there you have it. Syracuse once again got North Carolina tonight at 9 o'clock on ACC Network, seeking their first win on the road against North Carolina in series history. And then the Orange follow up with another road date against Pitt on the 16th at noon. Both games should be televised. Uh, but that's going to do it here for this week's FizzCast. For Ian Unsworth, I've been John Eads. As always, go Orange, and we'll talk to you next week.